we are sensing and feeling creatures first. So like thinking <laughs> is a later portion and a smaller portion. We respond to what we feel and what we sense in the world around us. But again, because of the kind of bias of our culture, we seem to get stuck a lot on the very sort of rational I just want to say faux rational because none of it is often all that rational at all. But yeah, so just to remind ourselves in this moment that we are sensing and feeling creatures and what impact that might have on our relationships. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about what our bodies have to do with couples work. And spoiler, it's a lot. (laughs) almost everything so come and have a listen and see how the body is such an important site of work and experience hello lovely ones welcome back to the podcast this week i'm talking about the question what do our bodies have to do with couples work and i think this is something we really leave out of conversations about relationships and we can get really stuck on like the thinking part of ourselves and that actually we are experiencing beings. We are like embodied humans and the way that we experience relationships is like deeply tied to our bodies. In fact, most of it is happening on a body level and then only a portion of it is happening in our minds. And so, yeah, I thought this would be a good thing to talk about. So throughout my work with couples, I'm noticing and asking about their bodies, like how their bodies are experiencing and how they're communicating. So both what they're saying and what they're not saying and what I'm sensing from them. We know that our attachment patterns are formed around kind of eight or nine months of age as babies and that without huge kind of shifts or work, that this is more or less pretty stable throughout our lives. And we seem to understand and accept that this is the way we interact and experience relationships, but we don't really talk about why that is, and that is because of our bodies. So there is a lot of conversation now about attachment. I think it's very, it's good. People talk about, they're more mindful of how they attach in relationships and what their pattern is. But yeah, I think that can often, again, happen on a very kind of cerebral or even emotional like realm but just not really in terms of how they are feeling and experiencing in those moments we are sensing and feeling creatures first so like thinking (laughs) is a later portion and a smaller portion we respond to what we feel and what we sense in the world around us but again because of the kind of bias of our culture we seem to get stuck a lot on the very sort of rational I just want to say faux rational because none of it is often all that rational at all. But yeah, so just to remind ourselves in this moment that we are sensing and feeling creatures and what impact that might have on our relationships. So we know that even tiny babies respond to changes in a caregiver's heart rate, their pupil dilation, their general kind of responsiveness and cues that babies are really cued into that because they they need to know what's happening with their kind of caregiver for their survival. And so I think sometimes even when we are pretending to be fine with babies or saying the right words that like our kids are sensing us all the time because they've had to, and that's, you know, like how humans work. But so to leave out this, this part of our experience and part of our sensing 
really doesn't give us then the full picture of what it means to be in relationship in a body. And then when we're in adult relationships, that attachment map that we formed in like as infants is kind of overlaid onto our adult intimate relationships. And so, like, again, unless we've made considerable changes, had lots of therapy, then those patterns are likely to kind of still be present and sometimes even amplified. So we know that because intimate partners are attachment relationships, that some of the things that would only have come up for us in our family of origin will then be sort of inflamed or or come up again, specifically in intimate partner relationships, and less so, but sometimes also present in in other relationships, so friendships and workplace and all things like that. But it's important to note that something about the quality of attachment patterns and our attachment relationships will bring up a different intensity because that's all linked to survival, having our needs met, having our connection and sort of our, like, all of our community buttons will be touched. So some of the work is figuring out what's happening in our own bodies. And and this feels like really sort of basic and really obvious, but I think, again, something that we are really prone to leaving out, that we just want to jump to the the rational final statement and actually to really slow down and think, okay, how is my body experiencing these moments in relationship? And then there's the other piece of our partner is we need to locate and kind of understand what their body experiences in relationships. And then the third piece of that is how those interact. So the way that we're reading each other, what meaning we're making of what we're seeing, because of course, the way we interpret other people will be because of what we've experienced before. That that will always be our lens. And sometimes that will be incorrect. So sometimes we'll be like applying a meaning to our partner's behavior, given what we've had, you know, experience of relationship before. And that might not actually be what's happening for them. And so that's where the, the kind of point of difference might happen or potential for conflict. And that's the point at which is really, really useful to work and couples work around. Oh, when you do that, I kind of feel anxious around whatever it is. Or when I see you kind of turn away from me in that way or not make eye contact, I sense that you are disengaged with me or whatever it is. And the other person gets to say, no, no you know, when I'm doing this, I'm actually feeling like anxious or nervous or I'm distracted or I'm thinking about what you've said. And so that like that site of kind of potential rupture is often like a really useful place to be working and thinking about what happens. And just be curious, like you can just ask your partner what is happening for them in those moments and yeah have some kind of reality checks in between because yeah like I say a lot of the time we are just working on our assumptions and then running with them as if they are correct and making meaning from them so another place of work around our bodies is that often our disowned feelings or feelings that feel really uncomfortable to us 
or that we are unable to sit with for very long, that those will be often exhibited in the body. It's something that we haven't been able to to almost integrate for ourselves, but that can be like sometimes really clear to other people or might be something that we know about ourselves but find very difficult to like to limit or curb or or stop doing so thinking about this own feelings is a is an important thing in the room often more for me than for clients but if there's something that I notice that kind of comes into the room every week then we talk about that and explore that if the if the client is kind of open to that our fears are often displayed in the body our anger can be displayed in the body and not necessarily just in shouting but in the way that we are able to sit with those sort of big hot feelings and things like there's lots of links with eczema and skin conditions around like thought around what is happening on an emotional level, like what is not being processed by the body, what is needing to be displayed by the body, which cannot be said or named or felt. And then also a really important part of, you know, how our body works in our couple is that we are, it's the site of co-regulation. So co-regulation is, as it suggests, as the name suggests, that we are regulating together. And that's kind of the third piece of couples work as well, where if one of us is dysregulated, the other one can be kind of a calming, soothing influence, or it can be that we're sort of rubbing up against each other in that way of inflaming things that feel already difficult. So it might be that your emotional experience brings up some fear or anxiety in your partner and that co-regulation is not happening as it might as opposed to when couples are in a phase of going okay my partner's having a big feeling about something it's not necessarily about me it's not necessarily a comment on me that something is happening for them and once you can have that kind of quite loving detachment that you are much more open and available to co-regulation which then works for the other person in terms of they get to be calm in the presence of your calm if that makes sense that they see that you're not rattled by their big feelings and they can have an easier time sort of integrating that and tolerating that in their own body so co-regulation is like an enormous part of attachment as well so this would have been happening like with babies so when a baby's distressed or upset we co-regulate together. So the mother will soothe or the caregiver will soothe around, you know, like changing a nappy on a very sort of basic level, but feeding and responding to that. And then when there isn't an immediate need, like with a kid, that just being with that emotion and not becoming overwhelmed or distressed by it is part of that process too. So again, depending on how people have experienced those early attachment relationships, how kind of rattled their caregivers were about their emotional experience, will definitely kind of bleed into both how they experience their relationship and their partner, and also how available they are for the role of co-regulation later on in their relationship. 
so yes, the body is not a small part of our relationships and it can be quite a relief just to start noticing things like that, that we don't have to have too many theories about things or try to fix them or overthink them, but that we can just start to really kind of drop into our bodies in our experiences and relationship around how does that feel, you know, where does that kind of leave me, where does that leave my partner and how do we connect around that. So it's definitely not about being kind of calm all of the time. That's definitely not the point, but rather that we can return to a regulated state in these sorts of moments. So it's not about being kind of overly available to our partner. We are still human beings. And so there'll be times of dysregulation. That's totally normal. But finding a way to each other through these moments If you really struggle with this kind of third piece with your partner around our bodies, then it can be a useful place to start is just with yourself. So this type of kind of accepting and allowing is sometimes easier to practice with yourself or with other people, like depending again on your kind of attachment map. But play around with both and see what feels most natural. Sometimes people are more kind of in service to other people and so they can notice things and others that they find difficult to notice in themselves. But if, you know, if this is switched around, that's totally fine. But play with noticing what happens in your bodies without judgment, without kind of rescue or feeling like you need to fix them or yourself, but just staying kind of present with like, okay, this thing is happening and this is how it's showing up in in our body. And how interesting, you know, like just to notice that. And I wonder what that's about. Or what do I need in this moment? What am I needing? Am I needing soothing? Am I needing quiet? Am I needing connection? And this later will also kind of feed into all of our patterns around communication, around how we seek and receive connection. And so, yeah, it's an enormous, enormous part of how we experience our relationships and a really useful place to work. If you have any questions or comments or would like to work on this with me, then I have space at the moment to do that. You can just get in touch, send me a message or an email. All of those links are in the show notes. And otherwise, I will see you next week for another episode. Okay, lots of love. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Instagram at grounded underscore families. You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care.